Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center. Our Bible study for this evening, let us pray. Father God, we just thank you for another day. Lord, we just bless you because you are God. We honor you, Lord, and we lift up your name. There is none like you. There is none like you anywhere, Lord. And because of such, we just worship you and lift up your name. We thank you for your goodness. You are good all the time. For Father, as we go in your word today, we just honor you and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center. We're here with your Bible study. Today I want to uh, continue um, in the vein of the last few um, sessions. We've been talking about the goodness of God and talking about the presence of God. And I want to talk a little bit more about the Scripture in Ephesians. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, I was uh, speaking of that, and let's go there. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. It's talking about our responsibility, our walk with the Lord, uh, talking about us being worthy of the call. Talk about us being worthy of the call that we have on our life. In verse 1 in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the verse 1 says, and this is just talking about the work or the walk of the believer. It says, I therefore, Paul is talking here, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherein ye are called. Walk worthy of the vocation wherein ye are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, in the bond of peace. You know, today, when you look at all the things that are going on in the world, and you can't help but notice it because it just seems to be so unsettling. But even as I was listening to one of the... uh, uh, spokesman wanted the center to speak, and and just listening to the gentleman speak, and I'm not going to say whether he was a Republican or a Democrat or whatever, it really doesn't matter, but as he began to speak, and he began to talk about, and in a way that would suggest that, well, maybe, just maybe, if the people who are in charge would just begin to do what is right for the people with whom they represent and take themselves off the table. And and I began to think about that, and I said, wow, that what a novel idea. If people would just forget about all the wrongs, all the hurts, all the misdeeds, all the mistrust, all the cruel tricks, all of the scandal, all of the things that may have been done to them as a politician, as a person or whatever, why don't we just forget about all that? Forget about all the things someone has done to me. I'm going to lay all of that aside, and then I'm going to roll up my sleeves, and I'm going to do what's best for the people. And that sounds like a virtue, a virtue that says that I have the ability to lay aside every weight which so easily besets me. Now, when we represent endeavoring, the third verse of Ephesians says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the peace, 
the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. In the bond of peace. In the bond of peace, being diligent. Being diligent, endeavoring. Being diligent, making sure I do it. Making sure that I concentrate or labor or work or just work at this thing to get it right. And I would say or suggest that even within the body of Christ, when we talk about living up to who we really are, living up to who we really are, who are we? We are God's elect. We are God's elect. We are God's elect. Beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called. We, the Bible tells us that we are just as Christ is right now. What we are in Christ, what we are in Christ is exactly what Christ is to his Father right now. We are just as he is as born-again Christians. And if that's what we are, then that's what we need to be. We need to exhibit that. You know, the Bible tells us that we should pray for our enemies. Pray for our enemies. Love everyone, those that mistreat you. Walk with all lowliness and meekness. With all lowliness and meekness. You know, when you talk about being meek, that means that You don't have to have the last say. You don't have to have the last word. Agree quickly. Agree to disagree quickly. One thing that will stop an argument is if one party just shuts down and just ceases to say. Then there's no back and forth. Then it will, the flame will go out. But what we do so often is We fan the flame with our words. We allow the enemy to rise up in us, bringing forth that strife. Because the Bible says that where there's envy and strife, there's every evil work of the devil. Where there's envy and strife, there is every evil work of the devil. Where there's envy and strife, there is every evil work of the devil. And if that be the case, then that should be something that we want to avoid. And walking in meekness would assist us in helping to avoid envy and strife in our heart. When you talk about long-suffering, that means that's something that's not going to be rectified in a few minutes or a few days or maybe a few months or maybe even in a year. Long-suffering means a long time, suffering over a period of time. Not just suffering because you're allowing the enemy to beat up on you, but suffering for the sake of Christ, suffering for the sake of peace, going an extra mile so that those people that may be watching my life may see something in me that will suggest to them that maybe God is real. Wow, they're that tolerant. How do they do that? Well, you do it because of the love of God that's in your heart. 
long-suffering. It takes a long time. It takes a while. And so many times we say, well, you know, I have a situation that may last a week or two or 30 days or whatever. But what about somebody that's praying for something and it's been five years and that prayer has not been answered, but they believe God so wholeheartedly until they say, well, I know it's been five years, but God is going to answer this. Long-suffering endeavoring to do meekness. Well, I'm just going to allow them to just have the last say. I don't care what they say about me. I don't, I've don't. i said what I have to say, and I'm going to let them have their say. I'm not going to rebut it. I'm just going to let it go. Meekness is just letting it go. Just let it go. Because many times you can't argue someone into believing something or accepting something. Because that's the very reason they're arguing. What you need to do is to let it go and let your life speak volumes whereby words fall hollow to the ground. That we be worthy of the calling that's on our life. As Christians, we should show love. And How do you show love? Well, you show it by being who God has called us to be. We show love when we are slow to speak. We show love when we are slow to sin because of the anger. The Bible says, be angry but sin not. We show love when we show patience. We show love when we show kindness. Kindness exhibited in love. Love exhibited by being kind. Love exhibited by being meek. Love exhibited by being humble. Forbearing one another in love. That's like, I got your back. I know you might not be on point right now, but look, I got you. I can hold you up. I got you. I'll hang in here with you. I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not going to give up on you. I am not going to give up on you. Why? Because it's more important to me for this relationship to be one of holiness than to be right, wrong, indifferent, or whatever. Or to be able to say, well, I told you so. The relationship is more important than that. And I guess I believe that's why God tells us to forsake not the assembly of the believers. Forsake not the assembly. Because when you come together, when you come together, we grow. We allow growth to take place in our lives. When we come together, we it's like iron sharpening iron. Let's talk. When we talk, tell me what you hear. I'll listen, you listen. Let's walk this walk together. So Paul is saying, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, that means that peace would come out of relationships that's exhibiting this type of behavior. Because me being right is not going to be the thing that satisfy me anymore. The thing that satisfies me now is that our relationship is intact and that God is pleased with our relationship 
while we aim to be who God has called us to be. Human beings. Human beings, not human doings. Human beings. Be holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. Be holy. Live beyond reproach. Slow to speak, not carrying gossip. Not allowing things to fester in our heart. But allowing God to work wonders in our heart. To allow the love of God to grow forth in our hearts. With all lowliness and meekness. Lowliness. That doesn't mean that you're just going to allow someone to walk on you. But it just means that you're slow to fight back. Give an opportunity for love to set in and influence someone's heart as opposed to being ready to, you know, there are people that have have discussions and and they're not listening. They're, the next person is just waiting for the other person to just take a breath of air so they can just get their word in, having heard nothing that they've said, just talking at one another. But when we walk in love and when we know that God wants us to demonstrate to the world his love for his people, then we will be mindful of every step that we take. We will be mindful of every step that we take. We will be mindful of every word that we speak. We will be mindful of every deed that we do. We will be mindful of it. Why? Because we don't want to misrepresent who he is. We are to represent Christ. Represent represent him. We are to present Christ. And I present to you Jesus. Let me present to you Jesus. My all in all, my Lord, my Savior. Let me introduce to you Jesus. I can promise that he won't let you down. I present to you Jesus, the Holy One, with all patience and diligence that he gave his life for us. And so many times during worship, We talk about, Lord, I love you. I love you more and more. We talk about how much we love God, but let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you. The thing that's more important than that is how much he loves us. If we could just get the revelation of how much Christ loves us to die for us, Because he can love us in a way that is absolutely wonderful. He can love us in a way that we could probably never really comprehend. To die for someone even before the foundation of the world. Even before we were born, he died for us. Even before he knew us. He died for us. He died for us. He loved us that much. Even not knowing what we would do. 
or how bad we will be. To give up your life for someone, to give up your life, think about that. How many people are you willing to give up your life for? How many people are you willing to make any kind of sacrifice for? Some people don't want to be inconvenienced, not five minutes, not one day at all. Don't inconvenience me with your problems. But Jesus said, cast your cares upon me, for I'm the one that cares for you. I have time and the ability to deal with it all. So when are we going to become like Christ? When are we going to become like Christ? In spite of who we may have wanted to be elected to whatever office, in spite of it all, how can I improve the world that I live in? We can by loving our neighbor. Loving those people who don't see things the way that we see them. Loving those people who disagree with us. Showing them love. And when all is said and done, we are God's children first. That's who we are. That's who we are. God made us that way. And when we can exhibit that type of behavior. So Paul is saying that that's what we want to do because what? And the chapter goes on and says that there is one body. There is one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. See, when we say that the body of Christ, the body of Jesus Christ, see, Jesus had one body. And that's why the Bible says that the only way we can make it is through him. If you don't come through Jesus, then you won't make it. One body. There's one way. And Jesus is that way. There's one body, one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. The Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. He's in us. He dwells in us. That same spirit that dwells in my neighbor is that same spirit that dwells in me. And because of that, we are one. That same spirit. It's not you got a spirit, I got a spirit, everybody got a spirit. No, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is that spirit that lives in us. That same spirit. Wherefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, he went to the cross and he went down into the grave and he freed everyone. He gave them an opportunity that we've all been given to accept him. Jesus did that. He says, I know you're being held prisoner down here because the enemy thinks that because you sinned then he has a right to you. But no, I'm coming and I'm going to preach to you the gospel. 
and you have an opportunity to accept that gospel and allow me to lead you a way up out of here. And that's what Jesus did. He loved us just that much. He loved us just that much. So that's why we don't take it for granted because, you know, we talk about baptism and we talk about uh, being in Christ. We talk about the fellowship of believers. We don't take all that for granted because it's the same spirit that dwells in you that dwells in me. The spirit of the living Christ. We in Christ and Christ in us. The hope of glory. That's who we are. Now that he's ascended, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. He went to the lowest low, to the highest high, so he didn't miss anything. He didn't miss anything. He went everywhere to see to it that everybody would have that opportunity. And now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, praying for us and interceding on our behalf. If Jesus is doing this for us, shouldn't we be doing it for others? Shouldn't we be doing it for others? Shouldn't we be praying for others? Praying for their welfare. Praying for their success. Loving one another. That's what it's all about. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. Listen, y'all, a new commandment that you will love one another. The love commandment, the one that as we walk it out, then we absolutely will be in his will. That we love one another as we love ourselves. Do unto him as you would have him to do unto you. See, we love one another like we love ourselves. If we would do that, if we would practice that, the world would be a much better place. Forget about those things for which we do not agree. Just start at a place on those things that we do agree. Let's just start somewhere where we do agree. We believe that Jesus loves us and he died for us. Let's start there. Let's just start there and watch God do those things that he would like to do. But God has to use us, these imperfect beings that we are. God has to work through our bodies and our intellect to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And I'm sure that's not always easy. Because there's some of us, we just miss it, miss it, miss it, miss it. But we're growing in the things of God. We're growing. Not criticizing you because you make a mistake. We're growing. But it's just something like about being on one accord. When God's people come together, speak with one voice, praise and worship with one voice. It's just something about the awesomeness of the oneness of Christ. Awesomeness about the oneness of Christ. Yes, he loves me. Yes, he does. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yeah, I love Jesus. But it's more important that he loves me. 
Because his love is perfect. And that's why when we put on Christ, we have faith with his kind of faith, his faith. We believe with his belief. We speak with his voice. We listen with his ears. Why? Because we are one with him. And we're thankful for a God that loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us to the degree that the gifts that he gave to the body of Christ was the pastor, teacher, evangelist. The fivefold ministry is what he gave to the body of Christ. So that these gifted people that he's placed among us can begin to impart into the rest of us those virtues that God wants us to have in order to be successful, in order to be who he's called us to be. So that's why the pastor, teacher, evangelist, all of the members of the fivefold ministry, all those people, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, apostle, they are in place to get us ready or to perfect us. What did it say? For the perfecting of the saints. For what reason? For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. That's what they do. They teach us how to be who God has called us to be. And as we listen, as we partake, as we receive the gifts from the giving of the gifts of the people from God's gift to the body of Christ, as we receive those and perceive them as prophets, teachers, apostles, teachers, pastors, as we perceive them as being who God has called them to be, then we can eat of that table with confidence, knowing that God has placed these people within the body of Christ as gifts to the rest of us. And what we want to do is take advantage of every opportunity that we have so that we can be perfected for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the acknowledge and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Speaking the truth in love. Father, we just thank you for this day and we just bless you. Lord, we just thank you for your awesome power. We thank you for your awesome love for us. Even when we don't get it, Lord, you are always there for us. So, Father, we bless you. We lift up your holy name, for you are an awesome God. And we thank you for our Saturday worship that's coming up. Lord, we're just going to come together. We're just going to lift up your name. We're just going to cry out before you. We're going to just bask in your presence, in your glory, and just allow you to just minister to our hearts, just to touch our hearts so that we can become more like you, Lord. 
can see like you, hear like you, that we can love like you. Lord, we thank you, and we bless you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is Pastor Ted Payton, Grace Through Faith Worship Center, saying thank you for listening. And we will see you again next week, the same time, 7 o'clock. And we just bless you. And if you all want to send us an email, if you have any questions, just send an email to GTF Worship Center, GTF Worship Center, that's GTF, W-O-R-S-H-I-P-C-E-N-T-E-R, at gmail.com. GTF Worship Center at gmail.com. Any questions that you might have. And we will take those questions and we will respond to them on our broadcast. So we thank you for listening. And we bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as you go forth with the main of this week. We thank you for listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Goodbye, everybody. Bye now.